Hello, everyone, and welcome to Crossing the LD, a show completely focused on veterans transitioning from military to civilian life. Our show is powered by Pivotal Moments, a nonprofit on a mission to strengthen mental fitness for all. Go check them out at pivotalmoments.org to learn more. My name is Lee Elias, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Howie Cohen. And today we are privileged to have J.B. Spizo on the show. Uh, JB is listed on LinkedIn as a leadership and culture expert, author, and entrepreneur, but as you dive deeper into his bio, it continues to expand. He has worked with many prominent businesses such as American Express and Coca-Cola and professional co- and collegiate sports teams excuse me, across multiple sports, which include but are not limited to Penn State, Boston University, Notre Dame, Michigan, the Houston Texans, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins, among several other teams. I wanted to name them all, but it's literally too many to do. He is also the author of Warrior Leadership, Steps for Success for Leaders on the Ground, which was no doubt influenced by his service in the U.S. Army which spanned 26 years, including 10 years in special operations with the elite 75th Ranger Regiment, leading the country's most talented soldiers in combat. JB retired as a Sergeant Major, the highest and most respected non-commissioned officer position in the military. JB, we are so pleased to have you on the show today. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Lee, Howie. Thank you so much. And uh, Rangers lead the way, Howie. There you go, right? So as we said in the intro, you spent 26 years in the Army. First question is, how did those experiences make you into the person that you are today? And how did that time in the military help you prepare for your transition? Oh, wow. That's a wonderful question. You know, it was my experiences in the military. You know, obviously I was fortunate enough to uh, be in the Ranger Regiment at a young age, 18 years old. I know, Lee, we've talked about this before. And just being uh, molded molded by great people and – uh, I was very, very fortunate to have people, people looking out for me. I, you know, I often talk about leadership and mental toughness and, you know, people say, wow, you must've been so mentally tough to be there. I was like, I was just trying not to get cut today. <laughs> and, 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 and you, and then you learn as you're there, you're like, okay, this is something I can do. I can, I can be here. And you're really a part of a uh, tight knit group. You know, it's a lot like being on a, on a sports team. Right. You're surrounded by everybody's working hard. Everybody's looking out for each other. Everybody has a common goal. People don't care who gets the credit. And so, you know, that really for, forged that foundation for success and then, then went on to be a drill instructor. Uh, and then working at the United States Military Academy at West Point as, uh, as an instructor there, also working in athletics there. That kind of gave me this um, this, this, this bridge to, to what I'm doing now. And I often talk about if you're a, a business professional and you see something in a veteran, tell them, uh, identify them. And that's what happened with me, with Glenn Sather, who was the president and CEO of the New York Rangers. He saw something in me. He said, Hey, you're pretty good at this. I didn't even know what the hell he was talking about. I'm like, pretty good at what? He's like, <laughs> he's like, these guys don't pay attention to anything and they were paying attention to you. So, um, <clears throat> And so that, you know, that, that, that's how it started. That's high praise. <laughs> Get that from Glenn Slade. He's, he's won a few cups in his day. I mean, yes, that's yeah. fascinating right there. I'd like to actually pull the thread on that a little bit more, if you don't mind, Sergeant Major. Sure. Um, how, did you, how did you get linked up with uh, Glenn Sather and the Rangers? So the Rangers, uh, it was after the 04 lockout, so it would have been 2005, and they were coming to West Point to do their camp, their preseason camp. They came to West Point for five days, and the uh, Army hockey coach, uh, legendary Riley family, Brian Riley, said, hey, the Rangers want to mirror something the military does. And so I'm like, what do they want to do? He's like, I don't know. Go talk to coach. So I, I you know, drove down to Westchester to their practice silly. I met Glenn. I met Tom Rennie. And I said, what do you guys want to do? He said, hey, you know, listen, you know, we're predicted to finish 30th, last in the league. There were 30 teams then. We're predicted to finish 30th. He's like, but we think we have a good team. I mean, Yarmer Yager was on their team. Of course, they right. had some great team. And that was the first year of Henry, Henrik wow. Lundqvist. Kevin Weeks wow. was on that team. Martin, Martin Straka. <laughs> they, right. had some, they had some legendary players on that team. And he said, so he's like, listen, we want to mirror something. We don't want to get players hurt, obviously. What can you do? So I came back. I got all the sergeants together. I said, all right, we're going to put a pro sports team through uh, a battle march and shoot. They're like, yes. <laughs> and, and, and literally, we did a basically a battle march and shoot at night outside. How we got nobody hurt, I have no idea. And all of a sudden, you know, they're going through the swamp. They're, you know, they're carrying boats. They're pulling Humvees. They're doing the repelling. And we're doing all this at night. And all of a sudden, you know, the weather was terrible. 
And all of a sudden, you know, they forged this bond of suck for themselves. And it was so amazing. And, uh, you know, they ended up make, making the playoffs that year. They did. That right? was a good team that year. Yeah, they had a good team. And so then that's, you know, Glenn Sather then said, um, and, and besides the team building, I did a leadership class. I did a mental toughness class. I basically spent the week Very with cool. them. Uh, and he said, he said, hey, you know, you're, you're pretty good at this. He's like, he's like, you should think about doing this when you retire from the military. He's like, I, I watch how people look at you. He's like, he's like, you, you have a gift. You have a lot of knowledge. You have a lot of experience. You know, he's like, you, you should share this with others. And um, that's kind of how it started. In 2005, I just started doing it part-time, chipping away, trying to find my balance. And in 2010, when I retired, I hung up my guns in uniform, never went back to it. This is all I've done. I mean, that's so. fascinating to me. Uh, and I know Lee's probably probably just uh, you know salivating now because when you describe that, <laughs> um, what you're really taught, and, and you, you actually used the word I was going to use, is you, you help them create a really strong team bond, which is exactly what we try to do in the military, as you know. Um, like, like you, I, I had, you know, I, I feel like that assignment in, in Third Ranger Battalion was a defining moment in my life that that really forged the rest of my career and post-military career. So I can completely identify with everything you just described. Um, and I'm really fascinated that you're, you're able to take that and apply it to other environments outside the military and that they respond so well to it. So I'm kind of curious, like the, the stuff that you took the, the New York Rangers through, I mean, how did they, I mean, that's, that sounds like some pretty tough, challenging training that even a, a guy or gal in the military would be challenged by. How did, how did a, pro, a professional athlete respond to that? Well, you know, when you take a professional athlete who's no different than somebody in the military or a business professional, they're A-type personalities. They wanted to win. And what we did was you know, we put them in squads, and the squads were battling with each other for points and everything else. So that was all that, was all that you know, it, it was going. And, and you know, uh, I, I tell this story, but, 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 uh, but, but during one of the exercises, they were going across the swamp. Yarmir Yager lost his shoe. He 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 lost his shoe, and he did like the rest of the exercise with one no shoe kidding. on, and and everybody and and you know and and some of the military guys like they they didn't they knew his professional athlete they didn't they couldn't identify he was Yarmir Yager I'm like yeah he's one of the greatest players ever and he and he did like the rest of the night like four hours with that one is, shoe on never awesome. complained never, never 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 complained and it's so you know in, in the coach and GM I remember. Um, uh, Glenn Sather, he was, you know, standing on the shoreline when they were going through the swamp and the complaining. He was smoking a cigar. He was like, <laughs> he was like, he just patted me on the shoulder. He's like, good job, JB. Oh, so great. obviously the, the, the leader was not in there doing it with him. Glenn wasn't in there doing it with him. Huh? <laughs> well, you, you know what, though? He was good out there him. getting rain. Getting That's rained awesome. Up. Yeah. But I, but I think part of it is, is and we have to be careful because there are mili there are other military people that do this for athletes and business people, and you can't be in the reselection business. And I think sometimes when people do this, you know, they tend to get somebody right. hurt, or they're in this reselection. Well, he's not tough enough. Well, that, that's not that. You know, you you pick somebody for your business because that person can can help you make money. You pick somebody for your sports team because that person can help you win. Don't reselect right. them. What you do is you have to find a way to bring them all Absolutely. together. That's what you do. And so that team chemistry, you know, whether it's in a workplace or if it's in a locker room, you, right. you know, that team chemistry is forged here. A lot of times we push it up to the manager or the coach or the GM and they're like, oh, that's how it should be. No, no, no. Their responsibility is to make sure it's healthy, but it's your responsibility as an individual next to your mate to ensure things are going okay. Hey right. Lee, what's going on? You're in the same clothes you wore yesterday. Everything yeah. okay? Like, right. is there anything I can help you with? And, and, and that's where team chemistry is formed. And that's where you find if you want long-term success, right? That's where you have to go. Sure, you can make money in business if, you know, you have an amazing product. I'm holding up an iPhone right now, right? If you have an amazing product or if you have the most talented people, you can win a championship. You can make some money. But if you want to do that over a long period of time, you have to, you have to invest in the development of your people. And that's what I am. I'm in, I'm in the people development. Yes. Yeah, you know, JB, one thing I do want to say is, you know, I, I'm obsessed with team building. It, it's a foundation of who I am and what I do. 
And I remember when I really got serious about doing it, um, you know, I said, well, who's the best at building teams? Who's the best, right? And it was obviously the United States military, right? And, and I had already had an affinity for the military prior to this. Uh, you know, it was a little weird that my wife serves in the military too. But, uh, you know, that is for our audience. One of the major assets that I think people transitioning don't always realize is an asset that they have been trained in the best team on the planet and what that can bring to an organization. Again, we're going to discuss that a little later. I just wanted to say that because, um, like I said, you, you realized it right away when, when the GM of a professional hockey team, an original six team, by the way, says that to you, he even noticed it. By the way, I'm going to tell all my friends now that Yamir Yager won't quit hockey because of you. And I, I'm going to say that he, he references that shoe incident to this day. I can't quit. I can't quit. I didn't quit then. I'm not going to quit now. Um, I think he's going to what is it? It's, it's, it's a stupid number of seasons now. He's going. He's approaching fifty. But anyway, no, how are no, going? I, listen, I could probably talk about this particular topic uh, for for the rest of the <laughs> podcast. Um, but one thing I one one thing that occurred to me though, as I'm listening to both of you talk, and and uh, um, and I really want to highlight this for our audience. I think this is a great. Um, point to share with, with uh, so the folks, the, the veterans that are transitioning into whatever position they're transitioning into into the civilian world. Think about what you can do to to create that team bond, that team culture that will help make that organization, whether it's a corporate organization, it's a nonprofit organization, whatever it may be, you have an opportunity based on what you've done on the military, whether you've done it for four years, whether you've done it for 24 years, it, it's really irrelevant to me. Right. But you have an opportunity to really make a difference in that organization just the way JB has taken that and built a, a real career post-military out of it. And, uh, I, I, you know, it, it hadn't occurred to me before as we've talked to other folks, Lee, but... Um, it, it just that's just kind of popped in my head. I just want to make that make that point Absolutely. so clear to our to our audience, who hopefully are a, right. a, are a number of military veterans that are getting ready to transition. This is what you can offer to to an organization, whatever it is you whatever type of organization you go to. You have so much to offer to that organization, um, and you, you'll make them better. I, I absolutely guarantee it. And and. I think it's really important to note, too, that the organization may not know that you have that to offer. And that's why it's so important that you bring it up to, to the veterans out there. OK, you know, I, I we've talked about this before. I have veterans that work at my companies. Right. And I'm often going to them for their thoughts on this. But it doesn't mean every company out there has a, has a grip on this. To be fair, and JP, you could probably speak to this. Most companies are really bad at team building mm -hmm. and really bad at, at culture, culture and identity. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that's something you are an asset if you served in the military, you are automatically Absolutely. an asset in my mind in that, in that regard. So anyway, let's yeah. keep going. But it's a no, great point, Howie. And I just want yeah. to add to that, yeah. Howie and Lee, is that, you know, the military is such a melting pot of people. Right. Like <clears throat> rich, poor, all races, all religions. Like it is like you want to talk about the experience you gain is like, you know, people from everywhere. You know, the, you know, the, 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 the kid didn't have a you know, dime to his name. The judge said, go to war, go to jail. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or, or the kid that was in a prep school that said, you know what, I'm done with this. I want to, you know, I want to try something else. It's such a melting pot of people and you get so many experiences and that's what you Absolutely. bring to organizations. Right. You, br you bring this ability to say, yeah, I can. Um, and, 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 and my friend, uh, Billy Hart, he's a, uh, he's a retired army ranger. He's a Lieutenant in NYPD. He said to me one day, he's like, he's like, you know, you have the ability to talk to the, you know, the, the entry level worker, the CEO, the private to right. the general. And I think that's right. what military people bring. And, and exactly. Sometimes you don't even know what you're good at until you look at, until you look at it through a different lens. And, totally. some, and, and again, sometimes somebody needs to tell you. Uh, I'll say, lastly, I'll say all this, uh, JB, you just made me think of this as an employer, right? We often put out uh, job calls, oh, three to five years experience needed, right? If you served in the armed forces, you have a higher experience. Make sure you bring that up. I think a lot of people get out and go, I don't have three to five years experience. You've got something better. Make sure you know that. Bring it to the table yeah, when you, know, you go to you your interview. You know how to be a part of a team. You, you make you a great how, point. You, you, know, right. you know how to put the, the, the overall mission 
uh, ahead of yourself. And uh, and that's not done often in, in corporate America. In fact, it's rarely done in corporate America from my experience. But anyway, let me, let me just continue to move on because, JB, what I'd like to do is kind of go back to the actual, when the, you know, the event when you actually exited the military. How did you prepare yourself? What you know, Maybe you can take our audience through how you prepared yourself for that transition, you know, the things that you were focusing on, what went well, what didn't go well. If you had to go back and do it again, would you do anything differently? Because I, I think they can benefit from, from your experience here. No, I think uh, part of it is, is, is you know, you need, to, you need to start it prior to the final day. And, and sometimes we don't want to do that for ourselves, you know, because we're in, we're in, we're in, we're in. Right. And, um, you know, I was fortunate uh, just by luck. My last assignment in the military, I was assigned to garrison operations at Fort Monmouth, New Jersey, which was a small military post that was downsizing, that was closing. And, you know, my boss, who was a GS-13, um, Lou Benavidez, who was a retired command sergeant major, like at the division level, he said, I said, what do you want me to do? I said, he goes, I'm going to give you, a, I'm going to give you work every week to do, take care of it. I want you to finish your college and take care of yourself. And I was like, what, where are my troops? He's like, you got one troop. It's you. Right. And I was like, you know, and it, it was quite right. an adjustment, <laughs> but then, I, but then I learned to take care of myself right there. He's like, this is going to be the best assignment for you. He goes, if you want to take a two hour lunch, take a two hour lunch. You want to work out for two hours? Fine. Just get your work done. I want you to learn to take care of yourself. So that was the cool. start is you got to start prior. And then, and then when I did transition into this, um, you know, you, you got to, I, I, I would have built my executive growth network sooner. Uh, LinkedIn was still new. You know, right. we didn't really have these platforms we have now, but you got to go out and you got to meet people. You got to say hello. You got to shake hands. You know, my hair was a lot shorter then. A friend of mine told me, she's like, hey, listen, you're scaring people off. Your hair's too short. I'm like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> she's like, <clears throat> she's like, she's like, buy yourself a nice suit. Let your hair grow a little bit. Okay. Soften. She's like, she's like, soften the rough edges up. A bit. I'm laughing because I, had, I was told exactly the same thing. Sorry, Major. I mean, exactly <laughs> yeah. so, the same thing. Yeah. I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? And so that's what you have to do. You have to expand your executive growth network. And when you're in a business like this, like, listen, home runs aren't going to come. Like sometimes, um, sometimes I would talk to a potential client for two years, sometimes more before I ever got a deal. But guess what? As soon as I got a deal, I kept it for wow. 10 years. You see what I mean? Right. So, so because people are spending money in an area which they're not sure of. Now, I will say the 30-somethings now understand leadership, culture development, performance coaching. It's huge. They have no money spending that. But like Howie and I, our generation were like, oh, you're going to spend money on a performance coach, a life coach? What are you kidding me? You know, yeah. oh, suck it up. Suck it up, yeah. you. Right, Why can't right. you know? <laughs> But, but people have gotten smarter that say, you know what? We need somebody to accelerate our talent. We need somebody to sit down and, and say this. You know, one of the executives I, I meet with weekly, you know, we, we had a call the other day and he said, hey, what can I do better on? I said, I think you can do better on this, this, and this and try to put it in practice. Three, three simple things. He was like, you know what? You're exactly right. Thank you. I said, I think you're doing great. But I, you know, I would just do this. And, and most of us, look, we're a masterpiece. We don't need bold change. We just need the rough edges chipped off. Okay. Right. And, and I, and, and I want business people to tell me that too. You know, I have mentors, Kevin Weeks, you know, oh, very cool. he's one of my mentors. He's, he's one of my mentors. We, we talk weekly. And I was like, Kevin, if you know, listen to my podcast that I was on, listen to this here, here's this, tell me what you think. If I can chip a rough edge off, tell me what that is. Um, uh, you know, John Maloney, a, a, a big, a big executive for a company. He's a mentor of mine. Find mentors um, that, that help you. You know, we like to say, right? Iron sharpens iron. Okay. And it also doesn't have to be somebody older than you. Like I look at my children too. I have three children, college graduates. You know, they help mentor me where my daughter's like, dad, you're doing a great job. Keep it going. <laughs> Things like that. So we have to continue to do that. So from, from back to your original question, what would I have done different? I, I did start sooner, which was great. I would have built my executive growth, net, growth, net, growth network a little bit more. And I would have told myself, be patient because I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to make a rent payment. Maybe I should just go to military contracting, which is easy. It, it, it's not easy, but it would have been an easier right. role to get into. 
right? And I think I think there's so much importance in trying new things. I I always said if if I ever owned a professional sports team and a player retired, I would not bring that player to the staff until that player went and did something else for a few years. Right. So I think it's important to get out, to learn, go to college, go take a job, do something different, be an entrepreneur. I think it's important to leave that and then come back to it, right? And that's why I continue to tell you, like, if uh, Kevin Weeks ever gets a team president job or GM, that team's going to take off. Because look at Kevin. He's not only a, a media personality, he's, a, he's into fashion. He's into real estate. He's into food. He's an entrepreneur, right. right? He has built his own network now. So when he comes back to the game, if he wants to, that he's going to have such a broader view of the organization. So he's absolutely a trailblazer in the game. 100%. Uh, you know what's funny, JB, is I found a mentor, and he uh, he forced me to host a podcast with him. <laughs> Uh, every week, and now, now, now he sees me every single day. So I think the tables have turned on that. It's not once a week; it's like several times a day. No, uh, yeah. obviously, Howie's a mentor of mine, and I respect Great. him very much. Um, you know, the next question I wanted to ask you, um, which we dove into a little bit before, is uh, it's fascinating. You are the go-to for leadership training uh, and development when it comes to professional athletes and business executives, right? So we already got into how you got into that business, but. Uh, and we're going to all have to contain ourselves. I want to know if you could share us some of the best stories from being in that business. Uh, and then it's going to be on Howie and I not to spend the rest of the episode talking about that. So that's good. But, but, you know, any other, anything special you can share? Because I, I love what, what you tell a story. Well, I, I think, you know, some of the stories are, are, are so great working with some great people. You know, obviously, I talk about Sidney Crosby a lot and how just, you know, wonderful he is inside the locker room outside the locker room, sharing those, sharing those, uh, uh stories. Um, uh, if you ever listen to that missing curfew podcast, you know, Scotty Upshaw's on there and Shane O'Brien. And, um, you know, the story I tell about, uh, Scotty Upshaw was, uh, and this is a story of his humility is, um, you know, at the end of the year, the players, the players tip the, the training staff, the equipment guys and, and, and the, and the trainers who are like work nonstop. Anybody right. think, anybody think that's a glorious job? They have no idea no, what they're getting into. Yeah. Because 18 hour days. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Maybe 18 is <laughs> like a short day. That's right. You know? I mean, I, right. I, 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 I did a, <laughs> I remember we flew to Dallas and I went with the training staff, uh, 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 Chris Capetto and, 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 and Chris Moody. And I went with them and it was like, you know, four o'clock in the morning, we're hanging gear and I'm just hanging it up there. And they're like, JB, it can't be, you got to hang it. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like a locker. It's like a locker inspection. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm turning Yager's cup. So it's the right way. I'm like, hey, uh, they had standards and they're holding you accountable. Like, sorry, major. <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, I'm in this like $2,000 suit. And I'm like hanging all this stuff. I'm like, Jesus, this sucks, you know, <laughs> like, so, um, but, uh, you know, but, but one of the things that Scotty Upshaw did is when they were collecting money for the tips, uh, one of the players didn't want to tip and, you know, you can't force a player to tip. And, and so, you know, so the, so the equipment guys weren't, weren't short, you know, Scotty Upshaw like put in another like $12,000 wow. of his, and I don't care how much money you have, you know, you're putting in because he's like, you know what? I don't want these guys to be short. It's not fair right. for them. And so you, you look at humble things like that. Sidney Crosby, we, uh, we were leaving, uh, leaving a game in, in, in Phoenix, and he walked out, and there was a little kid in a Penguins jersey, and his mom and his sister and the whole family, and the kid was like bawling. And Sid, Sid, Sid takes a knee, and he's like, he's like, why are you crying? You know, the kid's like, I, I didn't think I'd get to see you. And he's like, oh, well, you did. And he signed his jersey, and he's like, he's like, do you play hockey? He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm a mite player. I'm not very good though. And, and Sid, and Sid's like, Sid's like, I wasn't very good when I was a mite either. Keep practicing. And you know, the moms cry, the sisters cry, and, you know, it gives them all a hug, takes a picture, you know, and here's Sid, you know, in a you know, $5,000 suit on a knee, you know, outside a locker room, signing, you know, signing a kid's Jersey, spending that time, that emotional time with people. And, and that's what I try to tell professional athletes to do. Like, listen, this is part of your responsibility. Right. Part right. of your responsibility is sharing that emotional time, and 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 that's it. And you and the, and the best have found a way to do that. Alexander Barkoff, same way. Uh, Willie Mitchell. Some of these great great people are, are are sharing the time with that that human human nature. Um, right. 
you know, plenty of stories about guys going through the swamps, which are which are hilarious. But uh, um, so, uh, but that sort of thing. I will tell you one story when we did a team building for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The uh, the uh, the sports information director. We were going up this mountain, and he was um, he was a great guy. He wasn't that physically fit, but uh, so we said he was having problems. So we said, okay, we put him by a tree. We gave him a uh, we gave him a canteen of water. We said, hey, stay here. We'll come back and get you. Anyway, so now like four hours later, we get back to the bus, and we're like, hey, where is this guy? I'm like, oh my god, we left him in the woods. <laughs> So, so we get on this skater, we, we drive up to him, and he's there, and he's like, I knew you'd come back. I knew you'd come back. <laughs> he's by the same, by the same tree, drank oh all his water. God. We're like, good job, get in. We're like, <laughs> we're like holy cow. But um, this is what So you this find. was for the actual you know, Pittsburgh it, Penguin organization, not, not just Penguins, the team. It was for... It was a team, but the but the SID guy oh, was following. They cool. were doing some film. They were doing some filming. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, we love it. It was hilarious. But um, so, you, you know, anytime you put people through situations where they have to find a common goal, right? right? You find a common goal. Common goals find team chemistry. That's why, like in the military, like these these situations work. You know, Howie knows this. Lee, I'll tell you. There's there's no better team building than you're pulling security for somebody who's got to go take a dump, you know, like like, you know, you're actually like pulling security and you're like, hey, can you hurry up, please? Like, uh, uh, you know, but but these are life things that have to happen that, you know, it's not on a contract when you're reading, you know, when you're signing up. Hey, you know, but 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 those are the situations that people work through. That, that, that build, that, that forge a common foundation. So, so I'd love for you to, to spend a little time, Sergeant Major. Uh, um, Lee has shared, uh, you know, he's held up your book, Warrior Leadership, Steps to Success for Leaders on the Ground. Uh, I know you published that or you wrote that in, in 2019. So what prompted you to write the book? And, and, and I'd love for you to share with our audience some takeaways from the book that they can benefit from. Well, so, you know, I had a lot of these life skills and um, a friend of mine said to me, hey, you know, you got a, a lot of these leadership life skills, not not military missions, that sort of thing. But and I and I think there's plenty of books on, the, on that. And I said, yeah, I'd really like to put this together. So, you know, I put together about a 350 page transcript, took me about 10 years to do it. And then through another Army Ranger friend who's very successful businessman, um, author, I said, hey, I'm trying to publish this. He's like, oh, here, you got to call my editor. And uh, she was great. And she sat down with me and said, okay, what are, we, what are we looking for? I said, you know what? I said, I think this book's for everybody, but I, I, I want that emerging leader, that person that's, that's taking the next step, whether in charge of four people or getting ready to be in charge of 40 people or going to C-suite. I want somebody to take that away. She's like, okay, let's make it a two-hour read. Let's do this. Let's do this. And... Um, if, if anybody's written a book, it's very humbling when you get your transcript back and it looks like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> right? Um, you, you, you realize that, you know, uh, uh, you know, college education, and she's like, listen, I was like, it, it, it humbled me, which was great. And I, I rewrote what she told me to rewrite. And um, fortunately, it came out great. Karen Cantrell, she was amazing. And so... What I wanted you to do, so anyway, short chapters, takeaways at the end. And so there's a couple things I'll share. Number one, leadership, you're not born with it. Sure, whoever raised you can imprint some of that on you. But it is a trait that is learned. And I'll give you, and people say, how can you prove that? I say, I'll give you an example. At United States Military Academy at West Point, we start recruiting young men and women when they're juniors. Okay? So... For two years, we're recruiting them. And then we bring them to the academy for four years, sometimes five if they go to the prep school. Okay? And then when they're done, we make them a lieutenant. We're like, man, I hope we've done enough. <laughs> right? But every time that young man or woman gets promoted, what do we do? We send them back to a leadership school. So leadership is a constant development learned trait. And you can look at the successful coaches throughout society. Coaches have been able to change their leadership style, not lose their standards, but change their style based on 
the modern day athlete, the modern day employee, that sort of thing. Right. And if you and if you and if you can't do that, you're not going to be it. So leadership, I want to tell you, is a learned trait. It's constantly evolving. The other thing I want you to be able to do as a leader is have empathy, right? And it's not like, oh, <clears throat> are you feeling okay today? No, <clears throat> it's knowing when something's not right, okay? And and simple as uh, simple things to say is, how can I help you today? That's it. Don't judge somebody. You know, if Lee comes in, he looks like a wreck. He's had a few too many pops last night. I don't need to jump right on him. You know, I, I need to say, hey, Lee, how can I help you? And so those are things that, that, that leaders need to, need to understand. And those are things you can continue to learn. So leadership's a learned trait, and you better have some empathy because it doesn't matter how high your IQ is. If your empathy's low, you're going to fail. Okay, and um, there's been, been, been plenty of books out there. Angela Duckworth's book, Grit, you know, she, she basically lays that out for you. <laughs> yeah, and I, I would add to that, JB, too, that, you know, uh, make no mistake to everybody listening, empathy, for lack of a better word, is trending right now. Uh, it, is, it is becoming a prerequisite uh, for a lot of people that are looking to go into the workforce, but also leaders, you know. And one of the things I love about what you write about um, and, and again, it's however you want to define leadership, whether it's coaching or in a company, is that, you know, it, it, the, the education never ends, right? You just said that, right? Like, you, you never will get to a point as a leader where you got it. Um, and accepting that actually makes the process even more enjoyable because, you know, you can always find new ways to lead, right? You know, it, it just go back to hockey real quick. You know, Pat Quinn, the late Pat Quinn's a great example of a guy who was really great quote, coach, excuse me. Um, and was starting to fail. And he went to coach the national junior team for Canada because he needed to learn how to coach young kids. Um, and that, tra that, that transitioned him from kind of, a, I guess, a hard-ass 80s, 90s coach into what he would be in his later years, which was very successful. But, you know, for, again, for the listeners, and JB, please feel free if you want to continue on that, the experience of leadership never ends. And that's part of the gift is that you can continue to learn. It keeps it exciting, to say the least. No, and, and, and the other thing about leaders is, like, look, I'm a cheerleader. It works for me. So be authentic to whatever works for you. Like, if right. Because if, if, if you're not, if you're not authentic, people see right through it. <laughs> right. right, totally. And, 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 and here's, a, here's a great quote. Like, people may not always want to hear the truth, but they tend to trust those that deal in it. You know, Lee, if I'm your coach, you're on my NHL team, and you're not in the lineup today, and I go, Lee, you're not in the lineup today because you need to work on A and B. And as soon right. as you do, you're back in the lineup. Okay. Right. It's, yeah. it, 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 you know, yeah. don't, don't leave this arbitrary area, this vague area of what's not happening. Cause people don't know. Just tell them right. what, tell them what it is, you know, tell them what's happening. Right. Try to, don't let your, your ego get in the way from doing that too. I right. find that, that that's a mistake. A lot of leaders do make as well. I'm, I have this information and I'm going to hold because I, you hold know, that's ego, man. Like, like you're not helping them at that point. Or they try to mentor a carbon copy of them, which is a mistake. And I think Lee right. talked about this and I'll tell the story about Tony Granato. He's now the Wisconsin head coach, but when he was the assistant coach for Pittsburgh, I was in the power play meeting and he was drawing up the power play, right? And Crosby and Malkin are in there, Chris Letang, you know, three hall of famers and he's drawing it up there and he, and, and, and he didn't complete it. And he's like, all right, any questions, guys? And they're like, no, that's good. Power play meeting's over. So afterwards, I said, hey, coach, I'm a little confused. Did you purpose? He goes, yeah. He's like, this is why I did. He goes, because I want 87 and 71, Crosby and Malkin. He goes, I want them to be creative. And, right. I, and, I, and I know if I draw it up A to B, B to C, C to D, you know, D to E, that's what they'll do. I want them to be creative. And I'm like, that's mm. genius. Because right. so when you're, when you're mentoring somebody, you don't want a carbon copy of you. You want somebody better than you and you want to give them that space for that creativity to come out. So same thing in business, same thing in coaching, allow that creativity to come out. And I think sometimes in hockey, we, we especially youth hockey, Lee, we were kind of getting away from that. You know, we were oh, like, totally. get in totally. the line, do this drill, be this way, yeah. stick in line, don't, uh, you know. Like, no, no, no. We want creativity to come out. Right. Absolutely. And, and especially at the younger levels, like you said. Absolutely. Um, just transition a little bit here, JB. Yep. You know, it's funny. Uh, Howie doesn't even know this. Before I, I came on to the show today, um, I had a friend of mine who's a vet uh, listen to one of our episodes. And he goes, man, I just wish I had that show when I was getting out, uh, which was a huge compliment, by the way. But it also made me realize that our next question is, is uh, such an opportunity for our guests, for us as listeners and, and hosts. And it is 
what advice would you share with the men and women preparing to transition now? Again, you told us what you would have done differently, but put yourself in that position. You're speaking to a, to a younger you or the people that you've served with. What advice are you trying to give them right now as they move towards their transition? Yeah, start right away. Don't wait. Start right away. I would have started sooner. Um, I would have worked on you know a few other things. Uh, start start right away. And it's the same thing like with athletes. You know, athletes that are even playing at the professional sport. They should start right away. Uh, right. But, but a lot of times the GM is saying, what's he doing? Why is he or she building their personal brand? They should worry about the team. No, no, no. They are worrying about the team, but they have to worry about these other things too. So start right away. Start penciling it in. Find things that, 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 that you want to do, whether it's you know a musician or whatever. Find these creative things you want to do and start doing it. Don't wait. Because that's what happens is you know we run and gun as long as we can. Right. And then it's ended. And then we're suddenly we're like, oh, my gosh, I'm in the world. <laughs> right? and, and, and I got to tell you, I, listen, I joined the Army at 18 years old. I've never really been out of my town, Pittsburgh. Next thing you know, I'm in Fort Benning, Georgia. I could have been on Mars. Okay? <laughs> I'm in Fort Benning, Georgia in August. And, the, you know, these fleas <laughs> are biting me. It's humidity. I am like, uh, what is uh, like, where am I? OK. And. And, and these are things you don't know. And so what you have to do is, you know, as you're going through all these experiences, start saying, okay, how can I use these experiences to, to better myself as a human being, right? Find, find those touch points in yourself that make you, make you successful. And, and, and again, you, you know, don't run and gun for 26 years and then all of a sudden come out and, wow, I, there's, there's, there's nothing there. Sure, I get a little bit of retirement pay, but... And I can go to the VA, but right. what, what, what's for me? So experience that. You know, just real quick, quick comment on that. I didn't realize this for some reason until you just mentioned it. But man, the life of a pro athlete is very similar, right? 100%. It just ends. 100%. It just ends. And, and, you, and, and you, you're in that game before you're 18, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, a lot of pro athletes uh, in multiple sports have real issues when their career ends. And yeah, they're only 40. They're probably not, right? They're probably 35 to 40. And all of a sudden... You know, you're out there. Uh, but that's a great answer, JB. I think our audience will benefit from that heavily. Yeah, it's... Uh, so, yep, start early on that. You know, I, I cannot tell you how many folks I've seen in in uh, in my time in the military and, and since I left the military did not do what you just suggested they do. They literally work... Because, look, we're, you know, we're, we're of, of the mindset that we're a part of an organization and our focus has to be to accomplish the mission and take care of our people, right? Mm -hmm. And we stay so focused on doing that because that's what our... Especially if you're in a leadership position, that's what our responsibility is. But I cannot uh, echo more uh, emphatically what you said is there's a time where you have got to take care of yourself and ultimately take care of your family and start. Look, we, we do such a good job in the military of, 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 of doing contingency plans. You know, you have a certain plan, a certain, you know, uh, uh, you know, operation or, 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 or actions on the objective. And then you build in contingencies. What if this goes wrong? We'll do this. What if this goes wrong? We'll do this. And we do such a lousy job of building contingency plans for our own lives. And uh, so, JB, it, it, this that is absolutely spot on advice that I hope folks that are listening and hopefully they're getting this message soon enough that they have time to properly plan and prepare for that transition. Cause I couldn't agree with you with more from, from my personal experience. And Howie, what happens then is cause they don't plan. And then all of a sudden they just take a government yeah. contracting job, which again, if you want to do that, that's fine. I'll go work for KBR. I'll go work for triple canopy. I'll go work for something. Why? Because it's something I know and I can get paid some money for it. Same thing with athletes. They get out. What happens is they could be a scout. They go work at the front office. Why? Because they don't know anything else. Right. And so, but, but what happens is when you do that, you don't expand your yeah. creativity. There's so much more that you have that you can all of a sudden you can you can get into life and everybody's like, wow, you're pretty good at this, man. You right. you know, you help our organization. You're smart. OK. All right. I need a little bit of more education. Send that person to that. You know, send them, send them away. And, and you'll see you'll see the benefits because military people, what do they bring to the organization? They have selfless service. They have leadership. They have honor. They don't care who gets the credit. Right. They want to help you win. Uh, they're all in. You know, it, it, these military people would have to be like, hey, I need you to work five more minutes. Whatever. I work as well. Right. Like, <laughs> it's, it, it, okay. Oh, okay. So, you know, and so it's so that it's, it's, it's this all in concept. And so, 
uh, you know, if, if you're a business uh, uh, professional out there, sports team, whatever, bring these veterans in because there's so much, there's so much they can, they, you know, they can, they can give you. Yeah. Sometimes you have to peel back the, the layer of the onion, like Glenn Sather did to me, right? Glenn Sather said, I didn't even recognize what I was good at. And he said, he's like, let me tell you. So that's, that's the importance. That's the message I want to get out to both veterans and people that are not veterans that own a business that are, are, are listening and want to well, hire and, and actually that's, that's a perfect lead in because if it, you know, I'm hoping that our audience is not, first of all, I, I want it to be as broad and deep as it can be as veterans and, and family members of, of veterans. But I'm also hoping we, we build a, an audience that includes folks who are in leadership positions in, in corporate America or nonprofit organizations, whatever. But if you could speak to those folks now, let's let's kind of shift from the veterans. Let's shift now to to leadership in, in for profit, not for profit organizations, whatever it may be, because um, I know one of the challenges can be is how do you help trans? How can you um, properly and successfully transition a veteran into your organization? Um, and I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that. So if you could speak to those leaders, what can they do differently or better to which will overall help their organization accomplish their mission, their 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 goals, their objectives, their vision? Um, maybe you can, you know, based on the experiences you've had now, um, what 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 advice and, and mentoring can you give to those corporate leaders? Yeah, well, I was fortunate to speak at this invite-only uh, dinner before the Super Bowl a few years ago, and there was a uh, hundred who's who in there, hundred people. Jim Edgeworth uh, put this dinner on, uh, a, a, a big uh, insurance guy from former hockey player too, big big insurance guy from Houston, and so uh, myself and Ben Harrow, special forces captain, we spoke there. And at the end, somebody's you know a, a businessman, very very successful attorney from Denver big law firm. He said, Hey, you know, what fund do you recommend? And we want to write a check to a, a fund to help veterans. And I said, listen, you absolutely should do that. And there's plenty of funds out there and you find the one I said, but if you want to help a veteran, I said, bring a veteran in your organization. Well, what if they're not a lawyer? Send that veteran to law school. Then <laughs> I was like, do this. And so this guy, he, 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 he interviewed, um, I think about a dozen veterans and he found a, a woman that was leaving the Air Force. He sent her to law school. And he's like, she's like so outstanding now. She's like one of my best attorneys. I said, what I tell you? <laughs> right? So, so, it, it, so find these people. And the other thing is, is that I, I don't want, and I mean this respectfully, combat changes everybody. But don't get hung up on this like PTSD, this whole thing. Like combat changes everybody. Everybody deals with it a different way. But you're going to find that, that, that military people are so resourceful, resourceful, they're caring, they work together. Again, it's a melting pot of people. They don't start like, you're rich, you're poor, you're this, you're that. It doesn't matter because, uh, you know, in the military, Howie, we all wear the same uniform. It was green. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so that's what I that's what I would that's what I would inspire uh, business people to do. Bring a veteran in your organization and you'll be pleasantly surprised at all the skills that this man or woman can bring to your right. organization. You know, JB, as we move into our final question, it, it, it's funny. Another thing that um, as, an, as an employer, right, as somebody on that side of the aisle, um, you know, I had this this wonderful experience with my wife where I was, you know, the, the rare male military spouse. I always joke we do exist, but I got to watch and really take in the military from that point of view. And I was always amazed at the commitment to the mission. And obviously anybody in the military listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. But, you know, the mission was always so clear. It was that common goal that you spoke about earlier. And what's funny is when I work with organizations sometimes, we talk about the value of the mission and how valuable veterans can be to exploring that mission. And then I'll say it, well, what's your mission? <laughs> And I can't tell you how many times I don't get an answer. And it's like, this is, a, this is how much a military person can really help you with this, right? Because if you give them a mission, they're going to they're gonna do anything they can to accomplish that. But for the employers out there, this is the way you need to ask this question too. And JB, I'd love your thoughts on this, right? If, if A, if you can't give me your vision or mission, that's, that is a problem, okay, as the leader. But could you go to every employee that you have, ask them, what is our mission? And could they give you that answer? Because in the military, they can. 
at anyone. I could stop anyone at any time, anywhere. They would be able to tell me what the mission is. Yeah, go to war and win. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And yeah. It, it, it's mm -hmm. one of those fundamentals that a lot of organizations don't have. And like I always said, bringing a military person is an asset, but it's you also don't see how much they can help the company grow. Right. So I just I just want to get your thoughts on mission because I know that's something important to you, too. No, it's very. And it's funny. I do an exercise with a lot of companies. I make them write the mission statement. And if there's right. a mission statement from the CEO, I said, no, nope, you can't use that. Write your own mission statement. And then what I do is I roll up all these mission statements. I end up giving it to the leadership. And it's so funny. You'll see some of the, like the CEO, you know, he or she, they'll look over this. So like, this is amazing. Like who wrote this? You know who wrote this? The guy that works on the third shift that you never see <laughs> that, right. run, you, know, ru you know, runs this little piece. It's like, this is amazing. Exactly. And, right. and, 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 and you're able to, you're able to find out here because here's a, here's an example of sports teams and, and say we were all running a sports team, right? We were running a, 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 an NHL team. Okay. What's our goal? Win a Stanley cup. Great. But then as, as soon as I fire the, the starter gun, we all run in different directions. Cause Lee, <laughs> you might have an idea how we get there, how he might have right. an idea. I might have an idea. And that's what happens is, is that. Everybody knows the goal, okay? If you're in business to make money, if you're in a sports team to win a championship, but no one understands the path on how to get there. And that's what you have to draw. And that's exactly what a military guy, a military gal can help you with. They can help you right. draw that path to success. And it doesn't have to be straight. It's gonna to have twists Absolutely. and turns, but it's like, we're, start, we're starting here. Here's this. How do we right. get there? Because what happens is if, if it's not clearly defined, starter gun goes off, everybody runs in different directions. Yeah, and, and that's the rub, right? If we're mm -hmm. making an AHL team, to win the Stanley Cup is the goal of 31 other teams, right? right. It's, it's, it's everyone's trying to get it, so that's how important it is to find a way there. So uh, that is going to bring us to our last question. You know, I, I, JB, Pivotal Moments' mission, as we were talking about, is to improve mental fitness for everyone. So... Um, as we ask all of our guests, what does mental fitness mean to you? And what tips can you give our listeners to strengthen their own mental fitness? Uh, wonderful. And, and mental fitness, I want to tell everybody, it's not a gimmick. You have to practice it. You have to put it in place. And let me tell you, it's took me a long time to figure it out. You know, I lost the family, the whole thing, you know, because you're, because you're out of balance and mental fitness starts with, you know, the way you speak to yourself. You know, I'm healthy, I'm forgiven, I'm strong, I'm motivated, I'm capable. You have to start that. And mental fitness also is you have to put strategies in your life to keep yourself healthy. What's, what's number one for me? Enthusiasm. Okay. I keep myself enthusiastic. You have to put some humor into your life. You have to understand that your brain is a, is a, is a huge muscle. And just like if you went to the gym and you did, you know, 4,000 squats, yeah, your legs would hurt, wouldn't they? Well, if you're allowing all this negativity, uh, 24 hour news cycle, whatever it is, a social media, if you're allowing this in your brain, what do you think happens? The same thing, your brain gets fatigued. So you have to ensure those things are, are uh, your, your strength that you're, you know, you're what I call steel S T E E L you're stealing your mind. You're, you're putting this, 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 this Kevlar shield around your brain. You're, you're not allowing one in and you got to continue to have courage and compassion for others. You got to show empathy. And the last thing I want to, I, I want you to understand that this is, is you, is you got to believe and you got to have faith. Now faith can be religious, but doesn't have to be, but faith is the understanding that if I continue to put in the effort, things are going to break my way. It might not be fair because life isn't fair, but faith is in hope. Hope is things are going to get better on their own, right? You, you want to lose five pounds. Okay. I want to lose five pounds, but you're pulling them in a McDonald's three times a day. You're not going to lose five pounds. Okay. So, so, so you, so you got to put the work in. So you got to have resolve, come to a definite decision about something and then put your strength to it. And finally, to make a difference, just do a micro habit, something small that you can gauge. For example, you know what? I'm trying to cut down on my coffee drinking. I like coffee. So instead of five cups a day, I'm only having four cups a day. I'll take, I'll, I'll take that for a month. Then maybe I'll go to three cups a day, right? So it's a micro habit, something small that you can start a flow. Awesome. That's a phenomenal yeah. answer. You know, you said you're enthusiastic. I don't know. You haven't been too enthusiastic today uh, on this episode. I'll try to pick it up. So I got to, <laughs> obviously that's the sarcasm yeah, side no, of my no, brain, no. but no, uh, JB, you've been a, a phenomenal guest. Uh, you know, I wanted to give you the last word on that. Um, and I think the people listening to this show uh, will benefit from everything that you said 
great. And I really appreciate you being here today. I thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be on the show. And I have a question for you two. I want your Stanley Cup prediction right now. Who's in the finals? <laughs> Lee, you first. Uh, in the final? In the finals, yep. I'm going to go the Colorado Avalanche. Ooh. Um, I think they're ready. I okay. think they've been ready for a while. Vegas was my other team, okay. but but I think Colorado is uh, From the West? because of their shared experience over the last three or four seasons. Okay. I think they have that extra nudge to get there. Okay. Um, the East is really tough because of the way the divisions are set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tough to not look at Toronto right now and see how strong they are, but they haven't played anybody outside their own division. Uh, but um, you know, if you're gonna, if I have to, I'll do a dark horse. I think the New York Islanders are looking really good. Ooh, even even without right? their captain, okay. I do. I think that that's actually gonna. I think that's the common thing that's bonding them right now. All right, and they they've made some really good uh, uh, trade deadline moves that I don't think have come to fruition yet. Okay. Uh, and if they get hot, I think they could go pretty far. I think another team that got close last year but didn't go all the way. I was looking at the team who yeah. who almost made it last okay. year but didn't make it. All right. Well, I, I, I do agree with Colorado. Um, I think that's a great choice in, in the West. Um, as much as I want to say the Caps, um, and as much as I hate to say this, I think it's going to be the Penguins. Um, I watched the way the Penguins played the Caps uh, you know, uh, in the last week or two, and it just, it just stuns me. And this was without Malkin on the ice. It just stuns me, the speed and, and the grit that they show um, and they completely shut the caps down and, and, and made them play a game that they're not good at playing. Um, and I have to believe that, uh, that they're going to do the same thing in, in the playoffs. So as much as, as much as I hate to say this, I, I think it could be Pittsburgh. And, and, uh, and I'd love to see the Avalanche make it. I think it would be great for the organization and great for hockey. I love it. I love it. Uh, so out of the East, I do think it's difficult because, you know, whatever Canadian team wins is going to be in the final four. So, right. you know, so right. you think you think it's, um, you know, I think Toronto has a chance. I actually think Florida has a chance. Uh, yeah. But I am actually picking the Pittsburgh Penguins and uh, I'm going 100 percent the Vegas Golden Knights. They are rocking and every the every year they they're they're in the league, they're, right? They're a good team. They, they are, are a good great team. team. They are a good team. And, and wouldn't that be a showdown? Flurry facing, <laughs> you know, his team that he won three cups with, huh? That would, that that be, would be a hell that of a would be story. fun for ratings. Yep. So, so, so. Very so cool. But uh, great. Uh, outstanding. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, JB. Uh, and I appreciate you being here. I'll close the show out now because we'll talk hockey for another six hours <laughs> sure. if we let this go on. So. You've been listening to Crossing the LD, which is powered by the nonprofit Pivotal Moments. And you can learn more about the organization at pivotalmoments.org uh, for more inspirational content, education, or to donate. For JB Spizo and Howie Cohen, I'm Lee Elias. Thanks so much for joining us. And make sure you keep an eye out for more episodes soon wherever podcasts can be heard. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Have a great day, everybody.